What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Henry. Hello, Mum. <laughs> All right, going to get the giggling out of the way. Yeah. I really am so happy that you're doing this show because... You know how I've said in wanting to do this podcast, it's about collecting all these different ideas and perspectives from all these different people. And to have a 12-year-old view of all these questions, but also of the world, is incredibly important and interesting. Yeah, we have been discovered as much as some of you older folk. So I think it's just an interesting point of view. But I don't think you think less deeply, though. I mean, I feel like you a pretty considered person. Thank you. You're welcome. I taught you well. (laughs) Why you did, yes. (laughs) Hello, I'm Minnie Driver, and welcome to Mini Questions. I've always loved Proust's Questionnaire. It was originally an 18th century parlor game meant to reveal an individual's true nature. But with so many questions, there wasn't really an opportunity to expand on anything. So I took the format of Proust's Questionnaire and adapted what I think are seven of the most important questions you could ever ask someone. They are, when and where were you happiest? What is the quality you like least about yourself? What relationship, real or fictionalized, defines love for you? What question would you most like answered? What person, place or experience has shaped you the most? What would be your last meal? And can you tell me something in your life that has grown out of a personal disaster? The more people we ask, the more we begin to see what makes us similar and what makes us individual. I've gathered a group of really remarkable people who I'm honoured and humbled to have had a chance to engage with. 
my guest today is Henry Driver. Henry is a thoughtful, curious, quick-witted lover of video games, music, and Dungeons and Dragons. Henry is also my son. He's been part of the creation of this podcast from the beginning, both as intellectual and technical support. I mean, on numerous occasions, he's fixed my computer. I mean, mostly, you know, it just wasn't turned on. But he also helped me formulate the questions themselves. I wanted to include the voice and thoughts of a 12-year-old boy living in this time of social dislocation and remote everything. I always learn a lot from talking to him, and interviewing him today was no different at all. I'm going to ask you the first question. When and where were you happiest? Wow, that's already deep. Um, I think I'd have to say uh, on my dad's hammock out on his porch. It, it was not that long ago. I think it was just a, it was like a week ago or something. I just I've never really felt so peaceful at any point in my life of just laying down and kind of just being in nature. And no, 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 like offense to you, mum. None taken, my darling. Uh, do you do you equate happiness with peace? So is that your your idea of what of what real of happiness is? Is feeling peaceful? I think that's one of the things that go into happiness. I think happiness is definitely it varies from person to person. Like one person will think this is happiness, that some other person will think this is happiness, and I think it's just where you feel like yourself the most is where you are happiest. Where you feel like yourself the most. Oh, mm. I like that, darling. It's, I've got to stop calling you darling because you're a guest on the show. Sorry, Henry. Yes. I think that that is actually incredibly good advice to give yourself in your life, which is where you feel yourself the most is where you will be the happiest. We've talked about this quite a lot, but looking for 100% of anything all the time is probably folly. So like thinking that you're going to be 100% happy all the time is probably not going to work out. Yeah, it's not possible. I mean, there's always going to be those moments when you drop and you're going to be sad, but sadness has to balance out the happiness. So I think it all kind of just comes into a giant circle. Oh, darling, I love you so much. Love you too. <laughs> what question would you most like answered okay so i mean where 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 does everything go what's the point of it all like well what happens we're what we're all just sort of living right we're all just sort of living on this earth we're doing what we do but why and i just i want to know why because it doesn't really in the whole scheme of everything what does us doing anything matter? That's my question. I know. It's it's weird. It's like, believe me, philosophers have been pontificating about this for time immemorial. What does it mean? And does there have to be meaning? I think we search for meaning. We want to attach meaning to it. But I think that's a very human trait. Yeah, I definitely think that as well, because... You wouldn't find a pig questioning its own mortality. I mean, no, a pig is just a pig. In fact, Stephen Fry talked about tree frogs. Tree frogs don't question how they tree frog; they just do it. They do it because it's instinct. But when you're able to like 
conceptualize it, it kind of gets messed up in your own head. Do you think it's because we think we're so much better than everything else, human beings, that they, we, we think there should be a meaning? Like, our lives are so important, there must be a meaning to it. Yeah, like, the, over the thousands of years, humans have been sort of thinking they're always superior. And I think that definitely puts on a mindset of, we're more important, we're the ones that should live forever, and we're, we can do everything. But in actual fact, what what are you doing? I mean, well, what are exactly what are how? So how can those two things be true? How can we think that we're so important and yet be destroying the planet in such and a now conscious way? Like we know what's happening, and we're not we're not changing at a fast enough rate. So why there's still people that don't believe it's true? Like how it's so obvious that we are messing the planet up, but in our heads, we think it's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. We're human. We, we know what to do. But in actual fact, we don't. So do you think there's just a fundamental arrogance in us having been so at the top of the food chain for so long and we've become complacent and just think we're owed answers and we can do whatever we want with this planet? Like, Do you think, do you think that's kind of what's happening? Yeah, I think if you get used to something for so long... You just sort of kind of, you just put it at the back of your head. You don't really care about what's happening to it, right? But then as it gets worse and worse, it has to, you have to kind of realize something that it's just all kind of going wrong. <laughs> what do you think is, what do you think it is all for? The messy business of living, us being terrible custodians of a planet. Like, what do you think? Do you think there is a meaning or do you think that there actually isn't? I don't think there's a meaning to what we do. I think we live our lives and the people that do what they want are the people that live. And I think that's the meaning of why we live. It's to do what we want. But what about society, darling, and mortgages and constructs and all the stuff that people that's have to get? That's what people have created. That's what people have created to make it so that you can live how you want in the confines of being like an, an okay and moral person, right? Yeah, air quotes. And I mean, you have to live your life how you want it. Otherwise, how how are you going to be happy ever? So do you think what grandpa said to me when I was a kid, which was find what you love to do and get someone to pay you to do it? I, I think that is a huge part of it. I want to be out in the world, right? That's me. Other people can do them. So would you rather not have very much money and sort of live out of a van and be doing what you want, whatever that is? If that's how it goes, then yes. Yeah. I would rather live out of a van. Wait, if, if what goes how? If that's how I want to live, then yeah, that's how it goes. So you really are a libertarian. <laughs> you just wanna you just wanna do what you want. I, I have no idea what that means. Well, there's two meanings to it. There's a political meaning to it, which is a particular way of thinking, which is literally sort of you get to do what you want, no government, no nothing, nobody tells you what to do. It's sort of like first amendment on steroids. But a libertarian also I mean they it means, you know, liberty. It's freedom. So the freedom to do what you want. Yeah, be who you want. I'm interested to see what you want when you grow up, Hen. Like, what kinds of things do you think you're going to want? I honestly don't know. Really? Mm-hmm. But you kind of want to have the space to be able to figure that out? Yeah. I think that's, that's how we live.
Hello, Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Weigh basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Rowe, Roland, and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women. And this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Right. Question three. What relationship, real or fictionalized, defines love for you? Now, this is the one that I thought about the most. Is it? Well, I'm a TV connoisseur, as some would say. So I, I do like to watch TV. I'm an enthusiast, some may say. So I, I have had my fair share of TV, and I'd like to take mine from a certain television show called Adventure Time. And it's between two people called Simon Petrikov and Betty. And I find that their relationship is... It's, it, it goes through thousands of years, right? And it, in the shortest explanation that I can make is one of them, Simon Petrikov, he can basically live forever. And his wife, who he wants to be his wife, Betty, cannot live forever. And her seeing that he can live forever, she runs away. She does not want to be with him anymore. But thousands and thousands of years into the future, he finds a way to get her to love him again and goes back and she takes him back. And I find that love is just a place where you care about somebody so much that you would go through change, you'd go through everything just to find them again, even if you lost them. So I feel like it's just a connection that you cannot be broken if you actually truly love someone. Mm, I think that's very true, Han. I think that idea of forbearance, which is a really great word. I don't know. Do you know what forbearance means? I mean, I can kind of guess, but not, <laughs> not exactly. It's like waiting something out, being strong through time, having the temerity to bear something and being strong. And I think that is a cornerstone of loving for sure. Well, I know how much you love Adventure Time. I love Adventure Time as well. You taught me everything I know about Adventure Time, and <laughs> we both love it. I like that it taught you about love. Just because I'm 12, and I literally have no idea about relationships. You know what, babe? You've got to start somewhere. Your first relationship in love is actually with yourself, which nobody really tells you. And the way that you treat yourself and the way that you sort of belly up to your own life, you're in the right place. You're doing, I think you're doing all the right stuff. And, you know, one day you'll have a relationship with a person. and You'll listen to this conversation and wonder why I didn't give you better advice. <laughs> <laughs> I think your advice is pretty great, Mom. Thanks, darling. Henry. Henry, Mr. Driver. Mr. Driver. Mr. Driver. So, what quality do you like least about yourself? Wow. Uh, I think... A quality that I'd like least about myself, it would have to be that I'm not like a perfectionist or anything, just to sort of back up this question. I just never think I get things perfectly correct. So I'll make something that I, I'll be like, oh, this is cool. And I'll be like, wait a second, that's, that, that's not right. Let me, let me redo that. And I'll just keep on doing it until I just never finish it. So I feel like that's, I, in, in no way, I'm trying not to make it perfect, just acceptable. and. I just can never reach that. Well, you don't feel like you can reach acceptability. So it's not perfectionism, it's acceptabilism. Yeah, I guess that is the correct term for what I, yeah. Yeah, I just, I always think there's a detail that's incorrect. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if you get that from me. You're very hard on yourself. and Yeah, you are as well. I know. And I feel like actually... 
it's funny hearing you say that, I kind of get a bit of a drop in my stomach because I recognize that of being really tough on yourself. Like I see you give 100% to really most of what you do and working very hard. And I also know I do that. But I don't think either of us give ourselves quite enough credit. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. Well, that's just taught me hearing you say that is like, oh, great. I passed on the quality I like least about myself to my child. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> but I mean, it's not like, it's not the worst thing that could have come out of anybody. I mean, there's always like different things that could be so much worse, but I think that is just what I find to be the most yeah. disliked by me. Mm. It's also like having an awareness of it means you're infinitely more likely to change it, right? If you wanted to. I'd say so. Yeah. It's it's easier to like it's easier to get rid of something if you can recognize it first. I think you have to recognize it first, don't you? Otherwise, you might just be getting rid of bits of yourself that are actually quite good. Yeah. I mean, it's a metaphor for life. <laughs> What in your life has grown out of a personal disaster? And you know, by a personal disaster, I mean something that at the time seemed very hard or like it was something not working out. So I'm 12, so I haven't had many personal disasters in my time. I think, I don't want to go sad. Don't censor yourself, love. Say whatever you feel. I think when Granny passed... I realize that nothing is really permanent in a way. Like, death will come, but just like you have to make the most of the time you have until the end point comes. I think that's just a thing that will happen at some point, but you always have to think, but what can we do now instead of when that does happen? And I think that's what definitely came out from. Granny's passing. Did you really think that that after she died, it was like, wow, we better live every moment because it really is, it's gone in an instant. It's temporary. Yeah. I, I think that was some big thing that came out of Granny's passing. Definitely. Do you think that's also why you really want to do what you do what you want and not follow any kind of mainstream idea in your life? It's just like, go live. Yeah, live. It's your life. Yeah, babe. I want you to do that too. Liber... Libertarian? Libertarian. Libertarian. Same thing. (laughs) A libertarian. I wouldn't mind if you were a libertarian, because that means that it would probably be about free libraries. I mean, I would run for that (laughs) if I was a president. You'd run on a platform of free libraries. Yes. I'm a libertarian. Libraries are free... I mean, I guess you have to get a card. Maybe it'll be on a platform of like, it was against the law to close libraries. No, definitely free libraries. (laughs) Mm. That's quite a sort of Homer Simpson platform. Free libraries. They're already free. I don't care. I mean, yeah, everyone gets a library. No matter who you are, you get a library. All right, my little librarian. Hello, 
Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Way basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Way with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Rowe, Roland, and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women. And this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is she breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
What person, place or experience has most altered your life? I think it was definitely moving to England because that changed that changed everything and it kind of opened up my perspective to the world. I just my view completely widened. Everything just kind of it, it was just different and I liked it being in a different place. I thought it changed how I looked at the world a lot. Can you say some of the things that like either you suddenly saw how you'd thought about them before and then how you thought about them differently once you were going to school in a different country? Yeah, I thought in LA, that's how I thought you're supposed to live by a certain routine and you're supposed to have this blank, blank, blank set out for you, right? But then when I moved to England, it sort of, it all changed. There was no, there wasn't a routine. I would go to school and then I would, maybe I'd walk over to my cousin's house. Maybe I'd go to the park. Maybe I'd walk somewhere, just anywhere. You take the train as well by yourself with your cousin. Yeah, it would be completely different to just the go to school, come back home, do homework, watch TV, eat dinner, go to sleep, right? It just changed, which I I just thought it was amazing living completely differently. Do you think that you, you know, the other thing about me, your mother, is that I have such a difficult time with change and I love things to stay the same and for routine yeah. and which is probably why I, why I forced that on you. Yeah. Did you always know that you liked change before or did going to England really show you that this was something that you could embrace and take on into the rest of your life? I definitely think it was going to England because before I just thought routine was how, how it kind of went. I think that was my plan. <laughs> But it changed, definitely, as I went to England. It was sort of my perspective expanded, as I, I say. You left behind an enormous yeah. amount. Like, you left behind your whole life, your friendships, your everything. I mean, I didn't leave them behind. I still have them as friends. You're completely correct. But you, you stepped out of that. Did that feel exciting or scary to you? both honestly I mean there was certain aspects like I was horrified that I was gonna lose my friends but at the same time I was excited that I was gonna make new friends and just everything was kind of different now and it was gonna be cool at least I hoped it was cool and it, it was so do you appreciate that about yourself like can you sometimes get the perspective and go wow you know I did that I actually did something that was really hard and overcame it yeah and moved you know opened up the aperture to experience something that was very different i yeah i definitely think that i think opening up to new experiences is just it's how and how it's how it goes it's how you but do you process that yourself so in terms of going i'm a person who can accommodate change and flexibility and like I just want to make sure this is going into the basic architecture of who you are because it's having watched you navigate all of this it was pretty mind-blowing yeah for me to kind of watch you because you just you asked if we could go it wasn't this wasn't driven by me or my boyfriend Addison this was this was you saying can we do this as a family yeah I definitely think so and I think I I sort of it was an independent-ish decision because there was still some things that I had to consult with you guys, but it was still relatively independent. And that felt good. I liked it. Good. Remember that turning one. <laughs> Very important. Life lessons, yeah. life lessons. <laughs> <laughs>
Now, last question. Yes. Okay. So, what would be your last meal? So, like, within the government confines of, like, $20 or what? So, you're, <laughs> you're immediately putting yourself on death row. Oh, oh, is that not what's happening? <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. Darling, what did you do to get onto death row? I don't know. You're the one that asked the question. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, oh, my God, that's so awful that that's where you think that that's where it would be. I mean, I suppose... I suppose last meal. Yeah, that's would, what the last meal means. To, is there really only a certain amount of money apportioned for for prisoners on death row? Yeah, you can only get certain things, and it has to be within mm. a certain amount of money. And it can't be like it can't be. It's like a, you can't get more than a f- certain amount of items. I think it's a whole thing. Good gracious! All right, well, you know, you can frame this within a prison because it's your choice. But it really could be your last meal. Uh, like a hospital, I guess? Or- I, don't, I actually think it's very interesting that you're making this location specific. Let's say it was like you knew you were gonna, you knew you were gonna die. Yeah. But you had enough time that you could have whatever you wanted to eat, cooked by whomever, from wherever, before you went. Mm. But I sort of mm. want to hear the penitentiary version as well. But like, tell me the dream version first. Okay, dream version is uh, I would have th- a, a, like a Thanksgiving feast like we do on Sundays in England with the whole family and then have the whole family there. Because I think that's that's like the best. Sometimes the turkey's dry, but I don't care. It still tastes too amazing. Hey, what? <laughs> 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 yeah, well, just uh, just uh, baste the turkey a tiny bit more next time. Turkey's notoriously dry. It's a notoriously difficult meat. We try to inject it with the juices. You've seen me with the syringe. It's a nightmare. I wouldn't cook it if it wasn't Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, <laughs> still. Uh, uh, pointers, mom. You should be writing this down. I love. Okay, so Thanksgiving, so Thanksgiving feast, or like what we have on a Sunday, which is usually roast chicken. Yeah, so like turkey, roast potatoes, Auntie Kate's ones, they're amazing. I know yours aren't bad. Thanks, babe. But Auntie Kate's are the best. Yeah, she does make the best ones. Green beans, uh, sweet potato, uh, marshmallow, mash pie. It's all delicious. That's just, that would be my last meal. 100%. But what about pudding? Granny's apple crumble. Oh, God, she did make the best apple crumble. That is chef's kiss. Do you know, she used to, when we were kids, Henry, we'd be driving along and she'd suddenly like screech the car over to the side of the road. And she'd be like, those apples are just going to fall on the ground unless somebody eats them. And we'd be like, but aren't they in somebody else's garden? Yes, yes, but they're going to waste and waste not, want not. (laughs) And so the next thing we knew, we'd literally, she'd be hiking me and Kate over somebody's fence into their garden where surely they did have thousands of apples that were, you know, but nonetheless, we were scrumpying, which is also a polite way of saying stealing. (laughs) And so she'd get us to stuff these apples up our jumpers. So in case anybody came, and I always used to go, if somebody comes, they'll know we've got apples stuffed up our jumper. (laughs) (laughs) I have done that as well, just to say I've taken apples from somebody's tree and they tasted amazing. I know. I think. I think we've all done that. I'm not. I know that it's. It is stealing. However, 
The stolen apples that mum would make apple crumble with always tasted the best. I, I wish I could have tried them. I know, darling. Well, well, I know I do know how to make that apple crumble, and I shall teach you. Um, yes, you will. Yes, I will. I just want to circle back because I did say dream version of your last meal, but what would be your penitentiary meal? So your so penitentiary being like actually sticking to what would really be able to happen. Yeah, if it was your last meal and you were in prison. Hmm. Well, I I've heard of a few people that had some weird last meals, like a grain of rice and a birthday cake. But I'd go I'd go more subtle. I'd go more rustic with a platter of rice and beans and a San Pellegrino. <laughs> it's not it's not expensive and it's delicious. And maybe some hot sauce, because hot sauce makes everything taste better. Some rice and beans and some hot sauce and a San Pellegrino. But they're like the spiciest hot sauce they have. Because I'm going out with a burning mouth. And that's probably within twenty dollars. Yeah, definitely. As long as you don't buy one of like the bigger packs of San Pellegrino, it's just like one can on like the shelf, you know. Then you oh, you're not it. buying a case of San Pellegrino; no, you're just no, buying no. a can. Yeah, because that's that's like nine. That's like that's like ten dollars. I'm not spending ten dollars on a single Pellegrino. No. Why not? It's your last meal. Because that's ten dollars wasted when I only can spend like twenty to fifty. I forgot the exact amount. I am not wasting my last meal on. A flavored sparkling water. And on that bombshell, <laughs> that insight into what it is to teen America, I'm glad you're thrifty, darling. Save your pennies for that camper van that you're going to travel around the world in. Yes, it'll be a Volkswagen. One of the Barbie ones. <laughs> Thank you, Henry. Don't even worry about it. Henry is charting his own path in his life and as such has decided that he wants to go to boarding school in the fall. I am having to love him with extremely loose hands and let him go and figure out this next adventure. I cannot wait to see what he does next. Mini Questions is hosted and written by me, Mini Driver. Supervising producer, Aaron Kaufman. Producer, Morgan Lavoie. Research assistant, Marissa Brown. Original music, Sorry Baby, by Minnie Driver. Additional music by Aaron Kaufman. Executive produced by me, Minnie Driver. Special thanks to Jim Nicolay, Will Pearson, Addison O'Day, Lisa Castella and Anique Oppenheim at WKPR. Dela Pescador, Kate Driver and Jason Weinberg, and for constantly solicited tech support, Henry Driver. Hello. 
Shamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Weigh basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Rowland, and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 